into the contest. It's Wednesday the 14th of April. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. I'm Drew Jones and I'm joined by co-host Shane Lee. Hello, Shane. How are you, mate? Hopefully you're only joined by me. I've got kids running around the background at home here. It's still school holidays, but I'm still managing, mate. Let's talk sport. Yeah, I'm in the office. If there's any breaking news, someone might charge in. But today on the show, we've got Trent Copeland, New South Wales cricketer, out of the Shield final, and Jack Bytel, St Kilda midfielder. And also, just so you know, we're giving away a Spartan Rugby League ball signed by the Canterbury Bulldogs. Go the doggies. Now, Shane, a lot of things happen in sport which are predictable. They can be explained. They can be, uh, at least, I guess, experts can see it coming. I just can't get my head around this John Morris situation where he's done quite well for the Sharks. They've been hamstrung with salary cap issues. He's made the finals the last couple of years. And bang, he's gone. Mate, this country, we, we've turned into a, a bit of a backstabbing nation, haven't we? It's, 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 it's appalling. It's, it, it just feels like every other week a prime minister has been uh, overturned. Um, you're seeing the CEO from, from uh, Aussie Post being thrown out. And, and now a coach that's done a really, really good job, has the team on board, um, has had the knife put straight in the middle of his back, and, and, and he's left. And um, yes, Craig Fitzgibbon um, is potentially a very, very good coach. He, he's still only an assistant coach. Has, uh, has come in on a three-year deal before his tenure's even finished. It's appalling. Yeah, the next big one to go down, I think, is uh, afternoon sport host Drew Jones taking over from uh, <laughs> Timmy Gilbert. But uh, just I want to get your thoughts on a serious note, Shana. As a player, you know, you've played professional sport, you understand mm-hmm. this. How would you feel if the coach that you probably are getting on with pretty well, who you like, who you feel has guided the club through a difficult time, all of a sudden is just ousted like this, and four rounds or five rounds into a season. Yep, and it's after the coach was ousted before. So you've got players who, you know, you have a real special bond with your coach and, you, and your coach gives you the guidance and, and hopefully allows you the freedom to play the way you want to play that fits within a team structure. Now, when that's changed every other week, it makes the players confused, it makes the players second-guess, and the one thing you don't want to be doing as a sportsman is second-guessing yourself on the field. It just creates mistakes, it creates uh, a real um, disunity amongst the team, so it's really, really tough for the players, and um, I really do feel for this Sharks team that have been performing really well this year, I feel like they've turned it around, and and now they have to do with the assistant coach, which is Josh Hannay, for the rest of the season, with the view that Craig Fitzgibbon and Cameron Seraldo will be coming in next year. Two new coaches with a whole different views, so that the players and their future will be feeling really, really on shaky ground at the moment. Yeah, an interim coach for the majority of the season doesn't feel like an ideal situation. They take on no. the Newcastle Knights on Friday night. They are sitting ninth on the ladder at the moment. The Sharks, John Morris, is ousted. Shano, thanks for that. Up next, Trent Copeland, head of the Sheffield Shield final. Shano, this is a really big couple of days coming up for your New South Wales Blues. They're in the final of the Sheffield Shield. They're taking on Queensland, and we've got a very special guest on Afternoon Sport, Trent Copeland from the New South Wales Blues. Welcome. Thanks for having me, boys. Trent, thanks for coming on, mate. And uh, I just want to say firstly, mate, uh, congratulations on your career so far for the for the Blues, and you also represented the, the Australian team as well. But uh, well done so far, mate. You're a 
you've had an outstanding career as a fast bowler. Thanks, mate. I really appreciate it. It's a I, I've no doubt when I sit back, when I, whenever I do retire, um, who knows when that'll be, but uh, I'll sit back and be very proud of playing one game for New South Wales. I, I thought that was you know way beyond where I would get to, let alone playing as many as I, ha- I have. And, and now blessed with opportunities like we've got this week, um, you know, Sheffield Shield finals, it doesn't get much bigger than that. I really like the, the clash that's coming up against Queensland. It feels like this star-studded bowling attack for the Blues up against a pretty powerful-looking batting lineup for Queensland. How are you feeling going into the match? Yeah, it is a real tussle, and it always is. I think with Queensland and New South Wales, no matter who's taken the field or what particular strengths each team has on any given day, it's always a good contest. I think bar probably Victoria, uh, this is certainly the one on the calendar every time that we look towards, and, and certainly in finals. Guys like Marnus, Joe Burns, Usman Khawaja, uh, they have the goods in their side to you know, take a game away from you if you don't bowl well. But uh, I'm, I'm really confident that you know, certainly the bowling group uh, that we've got for this game, uh, with the likes of Josh Hazelwood and Sean Abbott coming back in as well, um, you know, we're ready to take them on head on, that's for sure. So, um, Trent, what is going to be our bowling lineup? We've got a lot of options there. Hazelwood, Stark, Lyon, yourself. Um, they're talking about Sanger potentially making his debut. What do you think our, our five bowlers are going to be for the final? Well, look, I don't oh, – I mean, Shana, I'm not a selector. Yes, that's fair enough. Uh, <laughs> I, might, I might be uh, in, in uh, you know, one walk of life in the future. Who knows? But, mm. um, look, the, what I can tell you is our team makeup when we have been at our best has been with Sean Abbott batting at seven. He's, yeah. he's batting – uh, and all-round prowess has really gone to new heights this year. Yep. So I think you're probably looking at a five-bowler makeup, um, yep. and I think it's our best chance to dominate that first 100 overs um, You know, with the bonus point structure. Yeah. I won't delve into that too deeply. It's probably a bit too in-depth to explain in a couple of minutes, but uh, I would anticipate that you're looking at, obviously, the, the big three quicks, uh, Abbott, Hazelwood, Stark, and then Lino is an absolute walk-up, one of the greats. Uh, and then we'll probably have one other bowler in there. Hopefully it's me. Yeah. Who's the scalp you most want to grab? Trent being the big, scary, fast bowler, of course, for the Blues. You know, is it Usman you want to take with you or Joey Burns, who's already said that he's, he's keen to get stuck in and he feels like he knows the bowling attack really well? Uh, yeah, look, I'll pay you later for the big, fast bowler uh, tag. <laughs> Invoice me. I, I, I'm, I'm very thankful, when, even if it was a slightly backhanded compliment. <laughs> um, look, I, I have to say it's minus, and it's one of those ones where – Every time in the first game we played them in the in the Shield Hub in Adelaide, got him out in both innings in that game, and it, it it was one of those ones where I walk away from it. It's not really about in the moment, but when you walk away from it, you think, okay, when we knock him over, it is a real uh, you know blow to their entire change room, and and he carries so much weight for them. Uh, I obviously you know, and the rest of our bowling group want to get all of them out, but I think he is one that uh, we have specific plans in place and targets that we have used that have worked really well for him. Um, and thankfully I've been able to execute those a few times. Starkey did it really well last week. I dropped him at first slip, which wasn't one of my finer moments, but uh, hopefully in the final we hang on to the catches. There's a lot of talk going around. Birds in particular saying they're going to target Lyon. I think Nathan Lyon wouldn't be too scared about that, would he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Good luck. Yeah. I, honestly, I, I have no doubt. I'm pretty sure there's been – 
uh, 100 test matches worth of teams trying to uh, yeah. be aggressive to Nathan Lyon and on any grounds around the world. Uh, he's just too good, to be honest. No matter the surface, uh, I saw an article by Dan Braddock this week on Crick Info about Mitchell Swepson, who I, I must say, and I, I want to give him some props on his development and how he's bowled this year, in particular the games we've played against him. I think he's gone to new heights and he's certainly uh, a, a very big fourth innings threat where uh, Queensland can just give him the ball, rely on him to to bowl accurately and, and sort of take wickets no matter the surface. But Nathan Lyon's average in first innings versus second innings is the same in all conditions. He's just, he's got different ways to get you out on any surface. So yeah, good luck to Burnsy. Now, Trent, uh, I'm very much aware that I'm in New South Wales royalty uh, as far as this podcast goes. Shane Lee, a very distinguished career with the Blues, 150 wickets in first-class cricket, average of 39, according to Crick Info, with 183 and out highest score. Tell us about some of the stories which are regaled through the change rooms about Shane Lee's career, which have stood the test of time. Well, nice to be trend. honest, my, my experiences <laughs> of, uh, of Shane Lee and, and certainly the, the chat around he and his brother Brett were, um, you know, it was about jovial, you know, cracking jokes, always, you know, keeping put their teammates to account. Uh, but you know what it was? It was that era where, uh, it, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, Shane, but it was very much a brotherhood. It was yep. in the change rooms for for hours on end after games, traveling together, spending time away from cricket together. And to be honest, the cricket numbers, yeah, they're fantastic. And the person speaks for himself. But uh, the thing that I love most about being part of the Baggy Blues uh, is people like Shane and the guys that care more about the person uh, and what it means to play for the cap than it actually did on the field. Uh, mate, if that makes sense. That's a very sweet thing to say, mate. I really do appreciate that. But uh, we were talking just off air at the start, and, and you made a really good point is the fact that these are the really, really special moments to play in a Shield final. I was fortunate enough to be involved with four of them um, you know, in five one-day comps, and uh, they're the memories you take away. You're right. The stats don't really matter, but it's your mateship and, and the bond that you make over these times. So, mate, enjoy it. Bring back the Shield, and uh, I know you're going to perform really, really well, Trent. Yeah, thanks, boys. Yeah, can't wait. Back to back. That's where it's at. That's it, mate. Well done. Trent, good on you, mate. We appreciate your time on Afternoon Sport. Thank you. We can't wait to see Trent Copeland do his work for the Blues against Queensland in the Shield final. But coming up next, it's Maddie's match. Thursday night football, St Kilda against Richmond. And we're going to chat to Jack Bytel coming off a career best performance against West Coast. And he's going to give us an insight into what it means to be a part of Maddie's match. Play Sport is calling Game On for a new way to play, a free platform to explore and be inspired to connect to thousands of sport, rec and well-being activities in your community. Just go to playsport.com. Play Sport, whatever moves you. Shano, Maddie's match on Thursday night, Richmond against St Kilda. It's a great cause, great tradition that has been started between the two clubs with Nick Rewalt and Jack Rewalt, his cousin. Unfortunately, Nick's younger sister, Maddie, passed away. She had aplastic anemia, which is a rare bone marrow disease. And not much is known about this. There hasn't been much research 
in Australia. So it is such an important cause, and I'm sure you've seen it before, Shana, when all of the St Kilda and Richmond fans dress up in purple to raise money for Matty Rewalt's vision. Yeah, a sad, sad story, but a great cause. Yeah, and it's great to see it continuing. And we're up to the sixth edition, and tomorrow night it is the Saints against the Tigers. So, Shane, I caught up with Jack Bytel, St Kilda midfielder, who's going to be playing tomorrow night after a career-best game against the West Coast Eagles. I caught up with him a little bit earlier. Thursday Night Football this weekend in the AFL has got a special meeting. It's Maddie's match, the sixth edition between Richmond and St Kilda at Marvel Stadium. So we've got Jack Bytel from the Saints to join us on Afternoon Sport. Jack, firstly, thanks for your time. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me. Jack, what does Maddie's match mean to you and the time you've been at the club? Um, what have you learnt about it? Um, yeah, obviously it's a, it's a huge week for not only the club, but... Um I think the AFL as well, and obviously the Rewalt family. But yeah, we, we hold this round as a special one, definitely for the club, and um, can't wait to get started on Thursday night against the Inform Richmond. So uh, what can you tell us about how fans of both clubs and everyone in the AFL can get involved and, and help the Maddie's Vision Foundation? Um, I think the biggest one would be just to get to the game and, and show support. Um, buy merchandise is a big one, and... Um, Definitely, there's there was beanies in the past, um, and I think they'll, they'll be there again. So it's it's just good to see that the main thing is just seeing fans there and seeing purple. Um, donate where you can, and um, yeah, can't wait to see who's there. Yeah, decked out in purple, that's the big thing. Um, what can you tell us about um, when you, you you see Nick and and the Rewalt family talking about Maddie and what it means to them? Can you give everyone an idea of, of how important this is? Um, I think the the biggest thing um, is, is Nick as a person and um, he also reflects on um, how Maddie was such a fighter and um, just how hard she did it and, and always fronted up with a smile. Um, and I think as a club and as people, um, it gets us really emotional and um, sort of makes you realise that it can happen to anyone and any family. So it means a lot to all of us as a Saints family. Jack, it's an important game for many reasons. There is also four points on the line and Richmond coming off a couple of losses and then uh, a superb performance from you guys in the second half against West Coast. How are you feeling about the matchup? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, Obviously, we had a bit of a down game against Essendon and then um, reflected on that. Um, And yeah, on the the weekend, I thought we um, probably the first half were a bit down, but but coming out in the second half and um, showed what, what's Saints footy, that, that, that's our brand and, and how we should play week in, week out and sort of um, set a blueprint for ourselves. Jack, it felt like a bit of a breakout for you, 19 disposals, seven tackles, but it was your work around the ball that was really impressive, the intent you know, for the footy and for the man. Did you feel like you acquitted yourself really well? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, it, it's been a big thing and I think it's probably the biggest thing in a, in a young player is um, just consistency and um, I finally feel like I'm, I'm starting to string a few together and, and play with confidence and um, I think that's that's massive on the coaching staff as well. that They've sort of given me that ability to be able to just play my game and, and bring my strengths to the team. Who are you looking at around the ball who you, you want to take care of for Richmond? I mean, I know they've got a couple out, but they've still got plenty of guns. Um, yeah, I think the main one, is, as everyone would expect, would be Dusty Martin. He's obviously one of the greats of the, of the game and um, highly respected. But in saying that, we want to also play our game and sort of bring that, that edge that we brought last week. You feel like it's back on track now? I mean, I guess it was only, you know, a, a 
two quarters where you're absolutely played out of your skin, but you feel like you're, you're back on track, so to speak? Yeah, I think, um, like the old cliche, we take it week by week, but um, I think we we showed as a team that, um, you know, sort of we did last year, we, we had one bad game um, and sort of bounced back and um, sort of, as I said, that, that should be our standard every week to play at that level. Um, so it's more just consistency now and, and doing it for a four quarters. Paddy Ryder, any chance we see him on Thursday night or just too soon, do you reckon, Jack? Um, at this, this stage, it's, it's sort of an assessment of the docs and that, but uh, he's tracking really well. That's more for the docs to look after, and, and they're talking about that this week. But, yeah, I, I don't know too much else about that. How's Big Row going? I've read that he uh, he fully tore the, the plantar fascia, which in some ways might be a relief. You know, the famous story about Robert Harvey jumping off a table to tear his. But is he is he feeling okay? I imagine he's a bit sore. Um, yeah, definitely. He's obviously a, a little bit sore, but... Um, yeah, I think it sort of falls in the same category as Paddy. Um, he's sort of um, been working with the docs and the physios pretty closely and um, monitored this week. And I think they'll make a call um, either late today or tomorrow on if he'll play. But um, yeah, that's that's sort of up to the medical staff. But he's um, he's fronting up every day as he does with a, a big smile on his face. Thanks so much for your time on Afternoon Sport. And we hope all the Saints fans can get out in purple on Thursday night to Maddie's match. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me. Have a good one. All right, that's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Hit subscribe on your podcast app so you don't miss it. A big thank you goes out to our guests, Trent Copeland and Jack Bytel. And thank you to our sponsors, Spartan Sports. Yeah, wonderful sponsors, Spartan Sports, www.spartansportshq.com. And, of course, thank you to our producer, Dan McHugh. We'll be back tomorrow afternoon with your daily dose of sports. See you, Shano. See you then, mate.